0: Welcome to the Nuclear Lounge Podcast. I am your host, Fernando Anleo. I am nuclear medicine technologist, and it is my honor to guide you through this captivating journey into the world of nuclear medicine. Welcome to the Nuclear Lounge Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Tim van der Laan, program coordinator and professor for the Ferris State University's Nuclear Medicine Technology Program. Tim, welcome. It's a pleasure having you.
1: Thanks. Glad to be here.
0: Um, So the idea behind this podcast is to inform people to different perspectives and interviews of what's going on in the nuclear medicine community. Whether you're a student seeking guidance or an individual interested in their career, I'm hoping that we can bridge that gap and answer questions regarding our profession. Um, So, Tim, I want to start us out by maybe just giving a brief uh, description of what nuclear medicine is and how does it work.
1: Sure. Nuclear medicine is a medical specialty in the area of diagnostic imaging, kind of like MRI and CT, X-ray. So it's in that area, but uh, a lot of people don't know about it. Um, It's unique because it uses sophisticated scanners to take images of the body, uh, similar to CT and MRI but we use radioactive medicines in order to do that. So we have different radioactive uh, medicines or drugs we call radiopharmaceuticals that we introduce into the body. Uh, They're very safe, low levels of radiation, and then we can use our scanners to take images of where those radioactive medications have gone in the body. So it is a very common type of of, um, modality or specialty that, that is used in almost every hospital uh, in order to diagnose disease, and we can use them also to uh, help uh, treat disease as well. So that's a growing area. So just trying to uh, use this radioactive medicine, the safe uh, radioactive medicines and the scanners combined in order to uh, help patients uh, find disease and then treat those diseases that are found in the scans.
0: It's interesting because when I first started the career, um, I had friends that would like come up to me and they would be like, hey, so what degree are you getting? to And I'll be like, oh, nuclear medicine technology. And they'll be like, so, like, making bombs and stuff? And I was like, no, no, definitely not making bombs. So it's kind of, like, important because um, part, of the, part of the podcast, besides serving as a bridge for students, it's also to inform the public of what the profession is and how important it is to the patients we serve. Sure. Um, so, Tim, tell us a little bit about yourself, um, about your background. How did you hear about the fascinating career, like, did you – did you always feel like this is what you wanted to do?
1: Good question. I, like most people, I really never knew about nuclear medicine until I was older and I was in college and you know trying to figure out what I want to do, what degree to get. And um, I, I did some job shadowing, uh, went to a radiography department to check out you know, what it's it like to be an x-ray tech. Um, and, and at that time, as I was leaving, actually, I saw this uh, nuclear medicine department, knew nothing about it. Um, but I went in there and the techs there were great, they let me hang around for a while, they showed me the scans, what they were doing, uh, the equipment they used, um, and just look at the images, and I was hooked, I knew right then and there, this is what I want to do, so that was kind of how I started, and I talked to a lot of my students too, and they have similar experiences, where they don't really know much about it, but then a family member has a, an exam, or they see something about it, they talk to another friend of theirs who has a relative that's doing it and they check it out and they love it. So that's, that's what's pretty cool. I mean, a lot of people don't know about it, but it's definitely a growing immersion field um, that does such an important role in, uh, in medicine right now. Um, and, uh, and so it's just something we're trying to promote, trying to get people to understand what it is and, and really try to get more students you know, into these programs that really lead to a great career.
0: No, that that's definitely awesome. And then you were a technologist for some time, but then you decided you wanted to teach. So um, what kind of drove you to want to teach students about nuclear medicine?
1: Yeah, I, you know, I was in the field after I graduated from the program and uh, worked as a technologist for several years and really enjoyed it. Wasn't really planning on changing careers, um, but at the time I was taking some master's level classes, just kind of looking into other options um, if I ever wanted to maybe work in uh, management in nuclear medicine, uh, or maybe um, you know, I was interested in risk management and quality control, that kind of thing. Um, and so I was doing that, and then I I had seen a job opening um, for uh, you know, professor of uh, of nuclear medicine, and uh, looked into that, and um, and thought, oh, that could be an interesting career. I love helping people, so just you know, connecting with students and and teaching others about. the the requirement about nuclear medicine really kind of piqued my interest. So I wasn't really looking for it um, because I know there's not a ton of schools around that do this, but it kind of got thrown right in front of me, and I'm like, I can't. You know, i got to take this opportunity. So I applied for the job um, and was fortunate enough to get it and uh, been teaching ever since and really loving it.
0: No, that's awesome. Yeah, no, I I agree. I think uh, sometimes uh, the position presents itself, and then you just got to jump at it and uh, make sure you do, you know, Best you can with that, exactly. so which is what you've been doing. You've been teaching the students for a while now. Yeah. It's been it's been going great. Um, so um, I guess as you teach, what are some of the things that you have observed students find more difficult while going through the program?
1: Um, you know, every student is unique, so they all have their strengths and weaknesses, just like all of us. But I do notice, you know, over the years that uh, some of the the sciences are, are can be challenging, the physics and such. Um, not that we require a lot of that, but there are some prerequisite courses that need to be taken um, in anatomy, physiology, physics, chemistry, um, just like other you know, medical specialties. So that, some of those can be challenging, of course, for students. Um, and even in the program, you know, learning some of the details of the uh, nuclear physics and how the atoms work and such, um, you know, those those kind of things can be challenging to learn and memorize. Um, but students can get past that, and they can, you know. Uh, succeed in those areas just with some perseverance and such. Uh, Things that maybe are easier for students are really the um, the imaging classes because they tend to be more interesting and exciting and looking at the scans and being able to interpret them, um, learning how to do different uh, procedures. Um, That tends to be a little bit easier for students and a little bit more exciting maybe in that, you know, they're a little bit more motivated to that. So, I mean, there's a wide variety of subjects that we have to cover. Uh, like radiation safety, um, instrumentation, uh, quality control, um, different um, medical skills like putting in IDs and that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, they're all relevant and again, students you know, have their favorite areas for sure. Um, but you know, with good uh, support and encouragement, you know, all students can get past those weaknesses and, and struggles and, and, and succeed in this field.
0: Yeah, no. Actually, going myself, uh, going through the program myself, I think, and um, I think I struggled a little bit with the equations when it came to a few of the equations. Sure. And I've always been pretty good at math, but for some reason, I don't know. Uh, I just had to piece those things together, and yeah. I think you did a great job teaching those those. And it was pretty good once you get it, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I also being part of the um, the student liaison committee, it has helped to understand what students struggle with Uh, i think a lot of students have questions about radio pharmacy or about the DK formulas and and it's kind of important um for us to kind of understand those so that we can uh help them out you know have tutoring uh times or times designated where we come on the air and we can be like hey like this is how we can help you uh we reach out to people that are pretty good at it and then they come and then they teach it and which is something pretty nice i think
1: Yeah. yeah Central Chapter's done a great job of that too. Having different um, sessions to help students that are, you know, preparing for the certification uh, exams coming up too. Different study sessions that Society of Nuclear Medicine does, you know, really helps, um, you know, connect students with resources, and that's been a huge help. You know, I always encourage study groups and those kind of things, so students can work together to try to get past those areas, you know, that they struggle in in order to be successful. So it's it's really cool to see that and see students, you know, get that satisfaction after they've been
0: able to master something that they've been struggling with. Perfect. Um, as a program coordinator, um, what are some of the main requirements for students to be considered into a program? I mean, part of this podcast is also students that are, students that are seeking to uh, join the nuclear medicine career. Yeah. So what are some of the things that you think are like, oh, you kind of have to have this, like, for example, any, like, uh, hospitals experience, should they... Uh, shadow of technologies before they dive into the career or any entrance exams, what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah,
1: no, um, every school, every nuclear medicine program is gonna be a little bit different. Um, at Ferris, uh, we don't require any interviews um, or any entrance exam like that. Uh, basically, students have to maintain a minimum GPA for any transfer classes that they're gonna bring in, and then they have to um, pass several prerequisite courses um, before they can start the program. So they've got to get a C or better in those prerequisite courses. And those, some of those are just basic uh, courses like English and medical terminology. Then some sciences like uh, chemistry, uh, one, one, year, or one, uh, one class of chemistry, one of uh, physics, and then two of anatomy and physiology. So those are really all that we require, um, along with some of the general ones like English and communication that I mentioned. But no, not, besides that, really nothing else. A program doesn't have a wait list, which is nice. But uh, no interview or anything else. Just really just working on those prerequisite classes and then applying to the program uh, online. And then we start uh, once per year with our cohort.
0: Um, The one of the things I've noticed, like once they get past those requirements, they sign up. FAIRS's this program is structured in a way that they get clinical setting time. Um, So, what what is that like? Um, Could you explain like how it prepares students for the real world? like what type of patients they would potentially be working with, sure. uh, for example, like geriatrics, pediatrics, oncology patients.
1: Sure. Um, clinical time is so vital for students that they get that experience before they you know, graduate and, and start as technologists. Um, so you know, Ferris, like uh, most of the programs, requires clinical time, uh, different rotations, and uh, clinical experience and, and internships. So we partner with um, uh, several different hospitals in uh, nuclear medicine departments in hospitals that provide that uh, clinical time for our, our students. and um, they get a wide variety of experience. Uh, we, we only choose hospitals that uh, provide that, a good variety of exams and uh, different patient types too. So students will interact with uh, many different patient types, um, particularly geriatrics. that's, you know, of course very common. But also, um, you know, pediatrics too, many of our Hospitals have a pediatric population that uh, that they will um, utilize, but also specialty areas like cardiology, um, uh, oncology, or cancer imaging. Uh, we do neurology too in some areas. And so, you know, the more hours the patient or the, the student will um, have experience with, and the different types of patients and different types of scans will certainly be beneficial for them as they, um, you know, get ready to graduate and enter. Uh, the profession as an entry-level technologist.
0: When it comes to certification, what are some of the possible certifications individuals can obtain after successfully completing the program?
1: Our program is accredited, and so as soon as um, the students finish the the program and and graduate, students are are eligible for both nuclear medicine certification exams. That would be uh, ARRT and NMTCV. Uh, So students often will take one or both of those uh, but beyond that, students are able to take other uh, modality exams, too, like CT, MRI. Uh, so students regularly will, will um, achieve those requirements through clinical time, um, experience on those scanners, and then they can pass the certification exam and then get certified in CT and MRI after that. Without having to go through you know another program and graduate, they can do that with on-the-job training.
0: Yeah, some of these uh, certifications can be very daunting. Uh- Uh, Myself, I just took the NMTCB and ART, and um, it was great. I mean, uh, it was difficult, but it was great in the aspect that I was able to take it, and uh, I successfully passed it, and I was very happy about that. Um, But like you said, it's one of those things where, like, got to be prepared, you got to be ready, um, yeah. mm-hmm. and then go from there. Absolutely.
1: We try to help our students prepare um, by, you know, making them take online review courses to get ready for that, encourage them to study and, and do study groups and also connect with the society uh, to try to, you know, utilize resources that the society offers uh, graduating students to help them, you know, successfully pass those certification exams.
0: Uh, and you actually mentioned the Society, Society of Nuclear Medicine and Molecular Imaging. Yep. Uh, What professional organizations uh, are students encouraged to join or participate in during their enrollment, during the program?
1: The main one would be the Society of Nuclear Medicine and Molecular Imaging. I mean, they have so many good resources there. They offer, you know, free membership for students, uh, discounted uh, as well after they graduate. So, um, you know, that's one I always push on students because uh, there's so many things that that uh, that society offers. Uh, They offer scholarships for students. They offer educational opportunities um, in the area, um, you know, the central chapter, uh, we'll provide uh, different uh, educational meetings throughout the year. There's online things, uh, events that students can can be a part of, um, and then the review and such for the certification exam. So really, I think that's a great resource. I, I, I've, you know, pushed that uh, uh, for years on students, and many have taken advantage of that and gotten scholarships and, and you know, pushed their... Um, their education uh, by taking you know participating in these different events that uh, the, the society offers it's been a really a great resource for them
0: it is i i, I agree with you i think uh, the society puts out a lot of uh, important things from time to time that students can take advantage of. and like you said it's uh, it's free for students yeah. or sometimes very discounted like 20 yep. entry fee yes. mm-hmm. and uh i know some uh, this uh, central chapter as well has uh Uh, different meetings as well that students can just join and it's very helpful because actually you create those connections there uh attending those certain different meetings uh there's the national uh meeting happening um here shortly i think this weekend in chicago and that's one of uh that's one of the things i really appreciate being able to go into these meetings and meeting people that you've never met but you know your love for the for the career so it's You know, just talk about different things and learn things. And I think that's a huge aspect of that.
1: I agree with you. uh, We've had students recently go to uh, meetings and they had a a great experience learning things uh, from the different presentations, but like you said, also connecting with others and establishing those relationships. And, uh, you know, that's going to help them uh, in their career as they continue on. So it's a great resource.
0: I agree. Um, What is one piece of advice you would tell students pursuing a career in nuclear medicine?
1: Um, really, I would say um, advice would be to learn as much as you can about the career. Um, get excited about it, make sure it's a good fit for you. And there's different ways of doing that. I mean, you can look into uh, videos, YouTube, etc., about you know, what, what nuclear medicine is and, um, and, and, and you know, a day in the life of a nuclear medicine tech. Uh, you can also do job shadowing, I always encourage that. Um, just to make sure that your personality fits with this, and um, what I love about nuclear medicine—it's such a, a diverse field—and um, you're doing uh, so many different things. You know, it's, it's not a boring career at all. You're, you're dealing with patients and helping people um, as they go through these complicated tests. You know, definitely making an impact on their lives, which I think is, is fantastic. One of the reasons why I love, you know, healthcare and nuclear medicine, but you also get to, you know, utilize this amazing technology that's always changing. It's so fascinating to see new scanners, new tests, new radio pharmaceuticals, see how, you know, the medical landscape is being changed by nuclear medicine. I think that's so cool. Um, and that's why I encourage students to get into it and check it out. So really, you know, before you jump into something, look at it over, make sure that you know what's involved, make sure it's a good fit for you. And, um, and, and nuclear medicine really kind of checks all the boxes for many, many different people.
0: That's very true. Actually, that's one of the things that I really, really liked uh, when I came into the field. It was the fact that it was uh, half patient care, half technology. So I was able to have uh, the best of both worlds, yeah. you could say. Mm-hmm. So that was, very, that was very, very nice. Cool. Yep. Um, oh, I actually have a last question for you. What is your favorite radioisotope or radiopharmaceutical and why? Oh, question. Um, <laughs> there's
1: so many. Uh, there's so many good things. There's radioactive sugars. There's... You know, iodine that goes to the thyroid. There's so many. I would say, though, if I had to just pick one, I would say Tech9NM uh, uh The reason I love that one is because it's used for so many different tests uh, for such an important medical reason to, you know, assess patients for coronary artery disease, um, which so many people are dealing with. So that's such an important Uh, medication but on the other hand it can be used for other purposes too it can be used to locate tumors uh, cancerous tumors in the body and that's been really an asset for certain exams too they found breast tumors and uh, lung tumors with that drug so it really has been a game changer in the field uh, for various reasons so I, I love when we have a medication that can help people but then they find other you know purposes for it and it's used for you know, different things that, again, to help improve patient lives and to diagnose, you know, um, know, important issues that that can be solved. So that's that's my favorite, I would say.
0: Perfect. I I love it. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule. And sometime in the future, we would love to have you again. So until next time.
1: You bet. Thank you.